my man send them word word what is good what is good chilling it's cold as fuck outside i peeped that earlier yeah man like i walked out of work Mm-hmm. And the wind was like, where you going? <laughs> yeah, I see you got on a Han Solo jacket. Hey. It's, it's, it's nice, but it ain't looking too insane. Hey, man, it was, um, the wind was smacking me in the face on my way to the car, for <laughs> yeah. real. You got the fly line, uh, uh, Lando Calrissian jacket on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, back for the future. Yeah, man, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yesterday was worse, though, because it was like mad bright. Right. And yeah. you you looked outside like oh it looks like it's about sixty yeah see I was in a crib like I w- I had to run to the post office in the morning yeah. I was home by like ten thirty okay so yeah you you avoided it yeah I wasn't out there nah yeah the hawk was out big giant flakes of snow uh yeah not feeling that yeah yeah so today I haven't really really done shit man it's officially spring too so they say yeah that's what you know that's what they call it yeah yeah I like it but uh yeah we not there yet it's it's the hood is getting more active. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I mean, nothing crazy right. happened. I mean, it was some domestic violence shit this weekend. Oh, okay. But I didn't, I, I kind of saw it, but I didn't kind of see it. Okay. But, uh, you know, um, things are getting more active, <laughs> to <laughs> say the least. It is activating. Yeah, man. You know, the power up begins. <laughs> right. That, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that time change. Yeah, the Got time everybody change. like, yeah. The, yeah, the weather. It's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hotels are about to begin. You know, we'll see. We'll see, man. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful day in the hood, man. Most definitely. But yeah, shit. Podcasting. Podcast. It's what we do. Yeah, Kat's been uh, asking about that. Uh, grow that grown man, man universe. That grown man universe. <laughs> I might have to go in. Man, we got to find a way to do that on some exclusive shit. Yeah. I had a I had a thought the other day, and I don't know how we had orchestrated. You know, a lot of people they do like. Uh, exclusive things for like members only kind of yeah like a like a membership type thing i thought it would be dope to do like maybe we do the 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 grown man universe as like the secret club shit yeah because you're not like membership Bandcamp has a subscription thing um they got that patreon and like patreon 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 thing yeah so it's a bunch of them out there yeah so we can figure something out yeah because if we do patreon and we can just say look you know when we drop one of these if you've contributed you get access to it right that's it and then we ain't gotta make a whole nother podcast in the same way we do now is just we would just throw those topics and conversations on there for the people who really want to hear those grown man bars (laughs) yeah that could be fun yeah and you know then we get somebody exclusive too because then we wouldn't have to like do the same thing we do here to be like oh well this is just bonus shit from right it'll be a completely different animal yeah and then we wouldn't be plugged in to do it every week too right you know what i'm saying we can make it some special shit yes as yeah. the topics present themselves yes sir which they often do <laughs> yes sir man <laughs> they often do the grown man universe yeah expands daily yes definitely does so yeah this week we're talking about something that uh we've been meaning to talk about this for a long time mm-hmm. i've had this like on my list of topics I want to talk about and it's something that has a conversation has been kind of reignited via um, Rock Marciano mm-hmm. um, something that's going on with him and the conversation is about a thousand true fans yeah the concept of 1,000 true fans for those who don't know this concept was created many years ago it was a it was a blog created by a guy named Kevin Kelly and he wrote about this concept of what it means to be a working musician and how you can achieve that not through mass appeal but through having 1000 true fans mm-hmm. and he kind of he wrote this super popular blog which we'll get into and we want to talk about like what this is about what it entails and then we want to get into some examples of a thousand true fans and and it's important to frame this because you know you have people who feel like like we talked about last week, they think they got to go viral right. to be successful. They don't want to uh, do the grassroots or local approach. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have on the other end, people who have realized that um, all they have to do is appeal to a smaller subset right. of fans who actually support them. And then they can make a great living doing their art. 
And I think we probably have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who might not even have heard of this theory. Mm -hmm. And if they have, they might not have really dug into what it would take to orchestrate it. And so we're going to break this down. I'm going to break down what it is and get into some practical examples of it that are playing out that you might not even have heard of. And then at the end, I want to give you guys like a, a book recommendation. Word. You know what I'm saying? Because it's been a while. <laughs> Word. And that ties into this whole thing. And uh, we'll be right back. We got you stuck off the realness. The most infamous. You heard of us. Official podcast murderers. The show comes equipped with few points to share. Grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow. So go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode. You're not alone in this world, cousin. So we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to. They spread gossip, but they never come close to. I can hear it inside their tone. They talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole network against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free huh. so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Yeah, thousand true ones. Need those. Need them. Where they at, where they at. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yo, um, Craig Mack. Yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Craig Mack. Man, man, look. Project Funk the World. Yeah, flavor in your ear. Yes. You won't be around next year. Probably the Ill- one of the illest remixes ever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. And Posse Cuts simultaneously. Yes. He like he had one of the dopest remixes and Posse Cuts in the exact same. Yeah, classic. Yeah. That's classic hard to pull joint. off. Very hard. A, a remix by itself is hard to pull off. Yeah, a good one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Craig Mack passed away today. Yeah, and you know, I heard it was heart failure. Heart failure, man. Forty six. That's young, dude. Yeah, man. That's I'm I'm five years away from or what seven years, six years away from that. Seven years. He's not that much older than us. Nah, man. It's sad, man. Uh, Health is wealth, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, we talk about it on this joint, but man, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, as what we say at the end of twenty seventeen, there's no separation. Yeah. You know, mind body spirit all connected yes you can't be feeding your mind and feeding your body bullshit keeping it lean keep it lean you know what i'm saying yeah 2018 man we gotta keep it lean man uh you know rest in peace to craig mack he had a, a great contribution to hip-hop definitely and uh one of the dopest singles of all time all time and yeah. i think that uh you know he he will be remembered and I, I hope that some people see his cause of death and uh maybe that wakes us up to make some changes in our lives so that we can live longer fuller more productive lives yes definitely as grown-ass men out here nah i mean you know so yeah 1000 true fans so where we're going to start this conversation at is about the the original essay called 1000 true fans that was written by um kevin kelly now i can't remember the year this was originally published it was published quite a while ago maybe i want to say 2007 2008 maybe and uh, before we even get into it i do want to say that um this 1000 true fans was shared to me back then and it is something that i actually have applied mm. in my career i've actually taken the concept of this and put it to use and saw that this actually can work yeah. but um, a lot of people are seeing these concepts play out from this essay but they don't necessarily know the nexus of it they don't know where it came from and what's crazy is like this wasn't necessarily written for music people creators it was written for all yeah all kinds forms of business yeah because this kevin kelly guy he's not like an artist he's just a tech writer Mm -hmm. you know works for wired magazine or whatever so um so we'll start this out and I'll, i'll start from the top um it goes like this to be a successful creator you don't need millions you don't need millions of dollars or millions of customers millions of clients or millions of fans to make a living as a craftsperson photographer musician designer author animator at maker entrepreneur or investor you need only thousands of true fans a true fan is defined as a fan that will buy anything you produce 
These diehard fans will drive 200 miles to see you sing. They will buy the hardback and paperback and audible versions of your book. They will purchase your next figurine sight unseen. They will pay for the best of DVD version of your free YouTube channel. They will come to your chef's table once a month. If you have roughly a thousand true fans like this, also known as super fans, you can make a living if you are content to make a living, but not a fortune. Here's how the math works. You need to meet two criteria. First, you have to create enough each year that you can earn on average $100 profit from each true fan. That is easier to do in some arts and businesses than others. But it is a good creative challenge in every area because it is always easier and better to give your existing customers more than it is to find new fans. And that's a bar on the low. Yeah. Second, you must have a direct relationship with your fans. That is, they must pay you directly. You get to keep all of their support, unlike the small percent of their fees you might get from a music label publisher, studio, retailer, or other intermediate. If you keep the full $100 of each true fan, then you need only 1,000 of them to earn $100,000 per year. That's a living for most folks. A thousand customers is a whole lot more feasible to aim for than a million fans. Millions of paying fans is not a realistic goal to shoot for, especially when you are starting out but a thousand fans is doable. You might even be able to remember a thousand names. If you added one new true fan per day, it only take a few years to gain a thousand. Boom. So we're going to, there's more here. Um, Hold on. I'm going to skip down and read a little bit. I'm not going to read the whole article, but you get the gist. Um, And here's something that I also want to add. That's later down an article says, now here's the thing. The big corporations and intermediates the commercial producers are all under-equipped and ill-suited to connect with these thousand true fans. They are institutionally unable to find and deliver niche audiences and consumers. That means the long tail is wide open to you, the creator. You'll have your one in a million true fans to yourself. And the tools for connecting keep getting better, including the recent innovations in social media It has never been easier to gather 1000 true fans around a creator and never easier to keep them near. Yeah. Boom. So for those of you looking for this, this article is at KK.org. But if you Google uh, Kevin Kelly, 1000 true fans, it'll be the first thing that pops up in Google search because it's immensely popular. Like the article itself has 500 comments Mm -hmm. um, dating back to five, seven years ago when it first came out. And uh, it's a it's a interesting theory uh, that we want to talk about first before we get into, you know, the other parts of this discussion, because it kind of undergirds everything. Right. And, uh, you know, and I know the logic is kind of new to this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think about it? Um, I mean, I think it makes perfect sense. It's one of those things where, um, you know, like where you don't need to shoot for the stars all the time. You know, it's like if you if you know, take everything show by show. If I can get, you know, a hundred people out to a show. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then the next time I get another, you know, 10, another 20, another, you know, it's about building and building that relationship with your fans, especially like touring, like we did, which is one of the reasons why we've, we have the following that we do is because we put that work in and we're personable with our fans and we're insulated by a machine. Um, and I think that, you know, for any artist, any person doing running a business, building your 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 core fans or your core customers is definitely a way to make sure that you, you know, are profitable. Definitely. For an extended period of time. Yeah. And, and also uh, what I think it also hits on to me is the difference between like um, reach and impact. Right. So like when I was on Rhyme Sayers, if I release a record on Rhyme Sayers, that's a record I know gets a huge reach. Right. But the thing you got to understand, like say if I, I release a music video on their YouTube channel, there are people going to watch it just because it's Rhyme Sayers. Right. Not necessarily because they're Blueprint fans. Right. So my reach doesn't mean that it's not the same as my impact. Right. You may have, you know, 200,000 views or 100,000 views or a million views. But for me... I have found that that number is significantly different than my impact. Right. Impact is 
your thousand true fans. Right. Out of all those people who listen, the people who actually stick with you become fans, super fans, buy your records, come to your shows, uh, follow you on social media. Mm-hmm. That's your impact. Right. And the and the the thousand true fans philosophy to me is something that I think gets artists out of this mindset of I have to appeal. I have to create something that has mass appeal. Mm-hmm. I have to create this thing that reaches millions. No, you actually don't. Mm-hmm. As long as, like they said here, you want to make a, a living and not, you know, have stardom. Right. And as long as you're cool with that, right. then it, it's totally doable. But this article, when I read it, it really reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. It really reminded me of that. And what I did when I first saw this, um, this article and this theory is kind of what was behind. I mean, I was always I was seeing it, mm-hmm. but I remember in like 2008, 2009, um, I don't know if you remember, but it was like back then when like all these chain record stores started closing. Yeah. Like the Sam Goodies. Yeah. And like the uh God, it was a lot of a lot of real big chains, right? Yeah. And they were like, yo, you know, uh illegal downloading is changing everything. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, people aren't buying vinyl anymore. Yeah. CDs are here, but that's not really cracking anymore. And uh, this was before streaming was even really around. And I remember thinking to myself, like, yo why don't I just sell shit directly to my fans? Mm-hmm. And that's when I decided to do the, uh, the blueprint who mm-hmm. EP. And that's when I, which was 2010. And I think I did, uh, the blueprint versus the funkadelic, funkadelic one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like maybe it was 2008 or 2007, but all of those things were kind of, they were born out of the same observation mm-hmm. that what if the key is not to try to make this thing that appeals to millions of people. Maybe it's to speak more directly to the thousand people who already fuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. I just I wish I had this that had opportunity and had access to this when I was, you know, back then, because I think I missed out on a lot of that because I didn't deal directly to fans. I was always looking for an intermediary as opposed to dealing directly with my fans. And I had the opportunity to. I just never saw it as something I thought was viable. Right. You thought of it more as like, this is what I have to do. Not like this is actually the best long term move. Right. Right. Yeah. It's crazy because, you know, every now and again, we'll tour with like an older artist or mm-hmm. who's been on a major. Right. And one thing I feel like we always notice when we tour with them is like they don't they're not used to interacting with their fans. Right. They're not used to like getting the email addresses. They have no idea who their fans are. <laughs> right. Right. And like we never realize it, but because we've been doing the direct thing, and and like I said, when I started doing that record, I, I didn't, I deliberately didn't sell it to stores. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted the email addresses, you know, who, who downloaded everybody. I got their email addresses in exchange for the project. It was free online, and that thing took off. Mm-hmm. It did a gang of downloads. All of them did, and uh, you know, I mean, back then, if you're doing twenty five thousand, thirty thousand downloads that you could track, you're like, this is fucking great, right. you know. Um, and but it made me see that okay this is actually if if record stores keep closing mm-hmm. and we don't have anywhere to put these records and these are the people we're depending on then why am I doubling down on that right when and I'm gonna be out here guessing who my fans are yeah you know I'm depending on the label to communicate with them to tell them when I got a show mm-hmm. I'm depending on the publicist to do this thing and I'm depending on you know venues to tell like what about me. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I talk directly with my fans and this whole thing? This this puts you there. Yeah, definitely. And so uh, the reason we want to talk about a thousand true fans. But before we even go forward, we want to recap, like, why this thing works. And so that those of you who are artists, small business owners, whatever, can understand this. And it's, it's this first you have to create enough each year that you can earn on average $1,000 per true fan. Now, $100. I'm sorry, $100 per true fan. Now, mm-hmm. I don't take that as literal, right? Right, like, right. I don't think, I mean, some people, what if you have, you know, 2,000 people spending 50 bucks a year? Right. Whatever. It can vary, and you can still make a living. $100,000 is, is a lot of money. Right. You know what I mean? I don't think you need to make that much to make a living. Yeah, 50, 60,000. Yeah, you yeah. Know? 500 true Five, fans. Yeah, <laughs> straight up, you know. <laughs> you know, you still win it, right? Yeah. With 500 true fans. Um, but but that's the number one thing. If you are a creator out there, pay attention that you can't pull this off without output. Right. Without product, 
you have nothing to to sell to the people to keep you, you know, making a living to create more. So the first step I would say is, hey, you need to be making art. Yeah. You need to be creating. <laughs> yeah. Something. ABC. A, always be creating. Yeah. You know, like always be making something so that every year you have something that you feel good about that you can present to your people, which increases their connection, which allows them to support you more and keeps them excited that you're, you're still out there kicking ass. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just disappear for four years, five years, six years and be like, Oh yeah. What now? I don't, what happened to all my fans? Right. No, what happened to you? Yeah. You disappeared. Yeah. And then the second rule, as I said, was second, you must have a direct relationship with your fans. Mm -hmm. That's about platform, you know, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever, your ability to, to to speak directly to your fans is worth more than someone else writing a blog about you right. on their platform or even someone else operating your social media for you. That's true. You know, when fans can directly like I still to this day get people that are surprised that it's actually me yeah. responding to their Facebook <laughs> posts or to their Facebook messages that yeah. they send me or, you know, if they send me a DM or whatever, yeah. you know, they're still surprised that like yeah. I didn't think you would actually respond. Yeah, or just, I, I thought someone else would be working. No, like team this is, logic yeah, doesn't this, exist. <laughs> I am team logic. Right. Like this is actually me, dog. Like I, I, I took that to the post office yesterday. <laughs> right. You right. Know what I'm saying? So if I thank you, trust me. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm I, serious about this. Yeah, I boxed that up for you. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that's dope because yeah, that is very important because, like he said, the 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 larger entities are not equipped to do what you can do. Right. Like if someone's package is lost, they can speak to you. Mm -hmm. If someone has a question about a product, they ask you directly, and they know that when you get back with them, it means so much more mm -hmm. than some random intern. Right. Who's just doing it has no care, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, that is how you, you you build deeper relationships with your people. It's not just through, hey, man, I hit y'all whenever. No. Mm -hmm. Talk directly to your fans because they want to support you. All you have to do is put yourself in a position to turn them into true fans. Right. And so uh, that's this part of the discussion. We're going to come back and we're going to give some examples of this at play. And uh, they're right underneath your nose all the time. All the time. And we got a couple interesting ones that have happened over the last couple of years that you may or may not have heard about. And we're going to talk about them and we'll be right back. Word. To all the listeners of the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, this is Blueprint here to let you know that we finally have our first merchandise item for the podcast. And that merchandise item is the Super Duty Tough Work hoodie. The hoodie comes in a dark heather gray hoodie with light blue print, and that hoodie is for sale right now at waitlist.net. If you've ever thought, how can I support the podcast or how can I support these guys? I've learned a lot and I want to I want to rep the squad. If you want to rep the squad of those who are informed about Super Duty Tough Work, go to waitlist.net and pick up your Super Duty Tough Work hoodie right now while supplies last don't sleep on this because when they're gone we might do a super duty tough shirt at some point who knows but it's taken us long enough to get the hoodie so my advice to you is to not sleep and if you want to rep the squad and also support the movement financially do that when you order on waitlist.net there will also be some items that will be discounted for those who order the hoodie so for example you might be able to get certain albums uh discounted or you might out be able to get like the movie discounted so go to waitlist.net get your order on and we thank you for your support back to the program 1000 true fans yes, so this, this first article is a dj booth article that is about rock marciano's anti-streaming release strategy really it's about rock marciano doing what we just described yes and i had saw him tweeting about it the day his record came out yeah i saw that too you saw that too yeah before they wrote this piece on him and um he basically was tweeting about how streaming was kind of killing his money mm -hmm. you know and uh basically so what he decided to do was say okay well i'm not going to stream this one i'm going to sell it directly to my fans so what rock marciano did was sell his record directly to his fans but he sold it for 30 dollars yeah. for the for the digital version and he said he, he's not committed to putting on any other site yeah you know but we'll get into this article 
the article says uh, streaming has practically single-handedly saved the music industry and to, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that but right. yeah uh, in 2015, the global music industry enjoyed a 3.2% increase in total revenue, its first sliver of growth in almost two decades following a dark period of decline, plagued by rampant piracy and dwindling sales. The driving force behind the resurgence was, of course, streaming, which has surpri- since surpassed physical sales and digital downloads as most common and valuable, accounting for 62% of all U.S. music revenue in 2017 method of music consumption. As the streaming revolution roars, analysts predict that by the year 2030, the global music industry could balloon to a $41 billion business, with a whopping $34 billion of that coming from streaming. That would be more money than the music industry ever made. More than when Baby and Slim were turning hot boys, blah, blah, blah. More than when Dre was... Okay, anyways. Uh, Streaming has been especially kind giant to conglomerates such as Universal, Sony, Warner, and others who are responsible for 80% of the total demand streams. In 2017, thanks in part to streaming's playlist-driven culture. But ask an independent artist like Rock Marciano, and streaming doesn't sound like such a lifesaver. Lifesaver. Rock Marciano's tweet says... Over 3 million streams of Rosebud's Revenge Part 1 and the payout was sneaker money. But this blueprint changed the game. If you build it, they will come. Um, let me see if there's any quote. So they basically uh, interview him about this mm-hmm. because he's uh, and he says on, on February 27th, Rock Marciano released his new album Rosebud's Revenge 2, The Bitter Dose, the fifth installment of his series of grimy, intricate and extravagant Kingpin Chronicles. Instead of offering it up on your favorite streaming platforms, though, he's been selling digital copies of the project exclusively on his website for thirty dollars. No streams, all sales just like the good old days and it's paying off and this is to quote rock marciano he says it's been amazing this shit is printing money the return on investment <laughs> happened in a day i was in the black in a day how you like them apples he says over the phone with a trademark sneer unsurprisingly mark's Uh, Marcy isn't willing to divulge specific figures, but rest assured he's made more than sneaker money on off Rosebud's Revenge 2 sale so far. Oh, hell yeah. Easy. And then his tweet goes on to say, I'm going to put this up on all streaming services soon, but I eat first and blood suckers can eat the scraps bars. (laughs) (laughs) That's so gangster. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we can end it right there. Mm -hmm. But you guys get a gist of the of the article. So uh, what do you think? I think it's amazing. You know, I mean, I I always wonder why more um, larger scale artists didn't go this route when they when they have the money to buy the they can put it on vinyl yep. they can put it wherever they want and sell it i mean they they actually have you know a hundred thousand true fans yes yes that will buy a record for fifty dollars a download for yes. 50 bucks directly from you and nobody gets a cut of that yeah like i i never understood why more artists didn't go this route even the you know the big ones you know i never understood it totally i think i think some of it is fear some of it is like you know obviously those who have never been uh experienced with that direct connection mm-hmm. they may not have a team who understands they may understand the industry mm-hmm. but they not may not understand the independent hustle side of things see like to us it just is it's second nature yeah it just seems like it makes more sense yeah. like just Put up a website and say, "Boom! Here's my website. <laughs> Come get this record." You know, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like you could have a team to send the shit out. You know, to help you with the shipping because it's gonna be crazy. But like, have direct fucking. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't understand it. Yeah, man. And it's um, it's it. it one thing I thought too is uh, interesting. I talked to a, a couple people since uh, he was talking about this, and I saw some tweets online of some people were mad about it. A couple people were like, well, no, nah, that's not. Some I, people like who? People that own record labels? Well, no, nah, I'm fans <laughs> who claim they weren't gonna, weren't gonna buy it because it was too expensive. Um, that's, that's, you can debate that, right? Like, yeah, I mean, that's, but that's your choice. Yeah. Then you're probably not a true fan Thank like you. that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that important to you to support 
this artist that you claim to support. Right, right. Because you know this is going directly to him. You know this. He's telling you. Mm-hmm. And that's what brings this back to what we talked about in the first segment. Mm-hmm. 1,000 true fans. Right. That's all he's doing right here. He's yeah. basically taking that theory and he's saying, look, you know, um, I'm going to create something marketed directly to my 1,000 true fans and I'm not going to worry about whether this thing gets as widespread as streaming would get me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to take it and and charge those who are willing to pay a little bit more mm-hmm. um, for this product. So I can eat. Right. And what people don't understand is that if you look at streaming on a whole, what streaming does is streaming makes the people who do pay nine dollars, ten dollars a month subsidize those who don't. Right. As with anything. And what happens to the artists? They don't make hardly shit. No pennies, dog. They're pennies on dollars. So like this is it's unfortunate whenever that has to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. But if I think if an artist wants to say, hey, I know that my fans will pay fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, thirty dollars for a digital download of this record. Then more power to him to do that. Mm-hmm. Because like we talked about earlier, the two traits of the of the thousand uh, true fans is first you have to create enough things that you can earn. Mm-hmm. Rock Marciano got at least six seven albums. Man, like if he took everything off of streaming services, it, yeah, and charged twenty dollars a pop, he make a killer. Dog, he make a killer. Crazy. Yep, especially if like if he did vinyl or some shit like that yes. himself. Crazy. He make a killer. And then the second thing is that. Uh, second, you must have a direct relationship with your fans. Right. Rockmarcy.com. Yes. You know, he got the headband there. He got the vinyl. He got the digital downloads directly to him. I'm sure once you uh, download it, you probably get added to his mailing list. Mm-hmm. So you're alerted whenever he's in your town playing a show. Yeah. Whenever he's got another release, which will be Rosebud's Revenge Part 3, yeah. which will be coming soon. And uh, now he has a direct connection with his fans. Mm-hmm. And that might have been something that, you know, he felt he had maybe via Twitter or Instagram. Right. But there's nothing like knowing exactly who bought your record, where they live, mm-hmm. having a way to get in touch with them via email directly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's a perfect example of this concept. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, for and for artists that are in his bracket it's still not too far gone to where you can have that direct connection because he probably he probably got maybe two or three thousand you yeah. know what i'm saying he, he probably got yeah. more than just a thousand true yeah. fans yeah but he's not too far gone to where you know he has been at shows and he probably does is at the merch table yeah. and talks to his fans and actually takes pictures and shit like that like he's not too big to where that shit is not you know, doesn't seem reasonable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To where he could still, he probably has already built that connection, which is why, you know, he has those fans. Yep. He yeah. knew. He yeah. knew. And I, and I think this is probably what I think we're going to see. And we are seeing a lot more of this. Mm-hmm. I think what he just did is it opens the door for people to reevaluate streaming again. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just say, Simply because like that article was like, oh, yeah, streaming is saving the industry. But then they say, well, 80 percent of the money is going to major labels. Right. So because you only get pennies. Yeah. You get pennies on the stream. Yeah. The deals work for them. Right. They don't work for us. Yeah. And so uh, I don't necessarily think it's saving me. Yeah. No, nah, not at <laughs> you all. You know, my checks ain't getting no bigger because of streaming. Not yeah, that I've noticed. I find it weird how people think that it's better that the fans get the benefit of paying full price for a project without fam- paying full price for the project. Yeah. Like you can have Apple Music and stream my entire album without paying me the, you know, even the fucking $5 that it took to yeah. press the CD. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like you you ain't paying me nothing Zero. basically. Zero. So like how is that helping? Uh, exposure. Even the major labels. Exposure, dog. Yeah. Exposure. I mean, it's different when you're getting billions of spins, you know what I'm saying, or streams, but you're getting a couple thousand. Yeah, you're not really eating. You're not, you're not eating. Whereas you're not if making you got no a couple money. thousand sales. That's completely different. You're eating. Eating. You know what I'm saying? Very well. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's different. But, you know, I, I think that this is this is good, especially when you pair this with, like, the, the resurgence of vinyl. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see more and more artists speaking directly to their fans. And as I mentioned for a second, this is something that I've already kind of played with mm-hmm. i haven't messed with the price thing like that on creating something exclusively like like look i'm gonna charge a little more for this mm-hmm. but if i did it i would probably throw a little bit more in it 
Right. You know, at that price, like I just can't give you the direct the, the download for thirty. I don't right. think my fans are necessarily like his fans. Right. But I think I could throw some dope shit in there and, and raise the price. Yeah, you could create you could create something that has that you put that price tag on and people are like, Yeah, I'll pay thirty dollars. Right. For that. Like if you had a fucking, you know, a hard copy of some of your books or something like yeah. that. That's a completely different thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like something hardback, like Adventures in Counterculture, you did that on hardback and That's you true. charge 30 bucks for it. People have paid the 30 bucks yeah, for it. Yeah, it's very true. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So, you know, shout out to, uh, you know, Rock Marcy with this uh, Rosebud's Revenge, man. No doubt, man. I Get mean, that dough. Yeah, I don't know how much money he's making, but I, he ain't he ain't going to be broke on this move. Oh, I'm sure he's it's, doing okay. If he got three million streams yeah. on the first album. Yeah. And he's selling this one direct. Yeah, he doing okay. I mean, even if he get, even if he sold a thousand of these, like we're saying, right? Thirty bucks, eating dog, <laughs> <laughs> dog. Where's he eating? Yeah, man, thirty G's. Yeah, what? man. And it's a shame. I hope that, like, I mean, I know that everyone who listens to us is not necessarily a music creator, right? And so, but this is a good discussion for people who support the art to, to to hear yeah definitely because you have to understand that economics is what drives a lot of these decisions yeah i don't think rock marciano set out to to do this or to ever have to do something like this right. but i think you know and, he, and one of his tweets that i didn't include he was like you shouldn't have, he said we don't have to release 10 records to see that this shit ain't working right and uh but it's and it's the truth you don't have to release 10 records to know that your business model could be changed or mm-hmm. or some, some you know there's a hole in the bucket basically yeah you know like you ain't got to pour 10 gallons of water in the bucket to know it's a hole in the damn bucket yeah the water's coming out somewhere yeah straight up so i need to stop pouring water in this damn bucket Get yeah man bucket. and at some point you gotta answer the question how much of a fan are you really yes how much of a fan are you how much are you really gonna support the people that you listen to on a regular basis. I'm not saying just, you know, some you listen to here and there, like cats that are in your regular rotation. How much do you really support them? Yeah, it's true. It's very fucking true. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a break and uh, we'll be right back. Over the last several months, as the podcast has been growing, people have been asking how they can support the super duty, tough work podcast. Well, Here's three simple ways to support the podcast. Number one, spread the word. This is the easiest and most effective way to support the podcast. In fact, it's free and doesn't cost you a thing. So there's no reason not to do it. If you're listening to us and like what we do, please take a couple of seconds and share the podcast on your social media pages. So whether you have Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, it's highly likely that you've got some friends who share similar interests and tastes and would dig the podcast too. That helps bring more listeners to the podcast and it helps us grow. The second way you can help support Super Duty Tough Work is to comment and rate. Now, if you're on iTunes or you have an iTunes account, give your boys that five-star rating. We need that. The more five-star ratings and comments we have, the higher our show ranks and the easier it becomes for people to find it. If you're on SoundCloud, there's a heart icon next to each episode on the left side. That's the like button. Hit that like button while you're listening. Also, add a comment while you're listening and join the discussion. All feedback is welcome. The third way you can support the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, the most valuable podcast on planet Earth, is to support our music. As you know, Elogic and I are artists. We both put out albums. Elogic makes albums. Buy his albums. I make albums and books. Anytime you support our music, you are supporting the making of the show. You can find my music, books, and t-shirts at waitlist.net. That's the word weightless.net. Go there, pick up something, and know that what you spent your money on is an investment back into creative projects like Super Duty Tough Work. In fact, I have a sale going on right now where you can get all three of my books for just $25. I'll even sign the books for you if you request it in your order form. So, there you have it. That's three 
separate ways you can support the podcast. The first two cost you nothing. We thank you for your support already. Back to the show. Yeah. yeah, the possibilities are Yeah, endless. man. You know, but yeah, okay, so this next one we're going to get into is something that's, this is not a new article, mm-hmm. but this is one that a lot of people have heard about. They might not have known the story behind it. And so we're going to kind of get back into this one too as, an, as another example of this 1,000 true fans concept. And this article uh, is titled, LA rapper Nipsey Hussle priced his mixtape at $1,000 and sold, it says 60 copies. Yeah. I think that's, I think he's actually sold more than that though. Um, he actually sold a thousand. I think there's a typo on that because they corrected yeah. about it. Okay, so he says Los Angeles rapper, rapper Nipsey Hussle has an interesting project release tactic. He started a grassroots proud to pay movement, charging an exorbitant price for physical copies of his albums and releasing them digitally for free. It started in 2013 with his Crenshaw album, making it free to download and charging $100 for pressed copies for those that really believed in the music. Everyone thought that he was crazy. He sold 1,000 of them. In a day, right? Because he, uh, he set up a... Um like a um like a pop-up store yeah he, he sold did do them that as hand well. to hand he did a bunch of and yep. he sold a bunch of them there i don't know if he sold all of them that day but yeah, yeah. And they said and they said surely it was a fluke jay-z made up a tenth of those sales no way he could do it again no shot he recently released another project mailbox money and only pressed 100 copies again the album was free to download but this time he charged 1000 a piece for the record to buy uh hustle's album to physically hold in your hand You'd have to forego rent, utilities, and probably a good bit of food. Laughable, right? And they say as of January 20, he sold 60 copies. 60. So that's 60 of the only 100. Then he sold 1,000 of the 1,000 at yeah. 100 a pop. That's a lot of bread. That's a lot of bread. That's six, $60,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they say ring the death knell for major labels, the album rollout process, and the natural order of the music business as a whole. Hustle spoke about the enormity of a success with The Garden. It surprises me, he says. As much as I believe in it, every time I get a transaction, I get a phone, a, a text on my phone, and I've been hitting them back. The feedback and connection I have with these people help me understand the psychology of the person paying $1,000 for some songs that, realistically, you could download for free. Apparently, the purchase includes some sweeteners that Hustle won't share because, you know, you didn't fork over a grand for his music. <laughs> right. However, the album does come with an invitation to a listening session for his next album once it's finished. That's dope. That's a pretty interesting opportunity. And mailbox money is a pretty is pretty good. But is all of that worth one thousand dollars? You be the judge. Yeah. See, I didn't know he did a second one. Yeah. I, I thought it was heard. the first one. Yeah. yeah so I he know. did two. So that's that's two more examples mm-hmm. of this same shit at work. Now, people can get mad and say, oh, yeah, I would never do that. I would never. But you never understand, like, the effect certain people's music has on yeah. people. Right. And uh, him going back and doing it the second time just proves that this yeah, shit is that it wasn't a fluke. It was not a fucking fluke. Yeah. He, he understood his market. I saw an interview somewhere where like his manager, they asked his manager, were like, how did you know that this could work? And uh, his manager says something to the effect of because of our online store. And the size of the orders that we were already getting for, you know, merchandise, mm-hmm. clothes, shirts, uh, what have you. He said, we had a feeling that our people do to, would do something like this, mm-hmm. you know, would support like this. And so, like, it wasn't that they just jumped out a window with it. Right. They definitely had. There was data. Yes, data. And they had the direct connection to know. Right. Again, like we talked about, the person who's on the average, who's on a, on a bigger label attached to the bigger corporate you know, uh, a person who's, who promotes their stuff has no idea who their fans are, right. has no idea how much they're willing to spend on them. Mm-hmm. And the reason a lot of them don't do it because they don't know. Right. They think that, oh, well, my CD's not selling out of, you know, Best Buy anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not worth shit. Meanwhile, yeah. they have fans who would spend a lot of money on them. Yeah. Just to support. Just to support. Because the art might have changed their fucking lives. You mm-hmm. never know. Yeah. And uh, Nipsey is a, is a great example of this, man. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this um, off off, um, off air, but um, this is how underground hip hop was created. This is why there was a Rhyme Sayers. There was a Waitlist. There was a Def Jux. You yeah. know, this is why those, those labels 
got off the ground because of the touring, because yeah. of the direct um, connection that we had with our fans, because they would they could come and see us and hang out with us at Scribble Jam every year, you know, and like actually shake our hands and be in the cipher next to us. You know, it was we were normal people. Yep. You know, and they wanted to support the normal person because they like they're just like me. You know, and the, our music did change their lives, which is why a lot of us do have the the strong fan bases that we have today. Totally, totally true, totally true. And yeah, we are the guys who were basically putting in that grassroots legwork. Yeah, talking to people. Yeah, going to markets no one would go. Yeah, which is which is what has allowed us to build up the base we have now, mm. which is dope. So yeah, this is another example. If you look at it. Um, and you and you read it next to this the, the rules of the thousand true fans is the exact same thing rule number one first you have to create enough each year that you can earn on average a hundred dollar profit from each fan nipsey hustle's got at least seven eight albums at least at least seven eight he drops every two years at the at the most if he takes mm-hmm. a couple years off and it's the second you must have a direct relationship with your fans his direct relationship allowed him to to know what people were ordering mm-hmm. the sizes of their orders how much his his more expensive items were mm-hmm. and basically do a forecast and know like this can work right i got enough i got a thousand true fans All right i just gotta activate them yeah because i mean how much did he spend on the cds same as we spent. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So we spent maybe $5 a CD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe $5 a CD. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And, and made 60000 Right. <laughs> On that one. The other one, he made 100000 Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he did his thing, man. And, this, and it goes to show you, man. Never. That's just two projects. Two projects. So imagine what he's doing on his store normally. Yeah, shirts and yeah. hoodies and killing them. Dog. Killing them. And he's got all he can talk directly to his fans. He doesn't need a major label. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need a distributor. Right. He don't need a publicist to do that. Yeah. You know, and uh it, it's deep. Um one last thing I want to add on to this um to this this uh part about uh Nipsey is that one of the reasons Nipsey, I don't think know if he ever understood the uh, the thousand true fans model, mm-hmm. but he did speak about how he got the concept for doing the hundred dollar mixtape from uh, a book called Contagious, mm-hmm. written by a guy called Jonah Berger. Now I read the book, um, and it's a dope book. And the book basically breaks down um, why things become popular, or mm-hmm. basically why things spread. It breaks down this into qualities that say, okay, well, this all of these things that take off and spread have one of these five or six qualities. And it breaks down all of them. And I think it's something that if you are a a listener to this podcast and you know how we get down with the reading and shit, pick up this book. It's called Contagion. It's written by Jonah Berger. It's on Amazon. You can get a used copy for like three bucks. It's maybe it's it's maybe four or five years old, Mm -hmm. but really dope book, really easy read. You can read it in like, you know. Two, three days mm-hmm. um but dope book but here's what's dope jonah berger found out that nipsey hustle uh read his book uh-huh. and he saw the thing like damn hundred dollar mixtape and so this is an interview with uh jonah berger talking about how uh finding out that nipsey hustle had actually read his shit and applied it you mm-hmm. know uh, made him feel which is kind of dope this is so uh this is from hip-hop dx and the title of this article is Jonah Berger details inspiration behind Nipsey Hussle's $100 mixtape idea and says so during a recent interview Nipsey Hussle said that Jonah Berger's contagious how things catch on book inspired his $100 mixtape proud to pay campaign for Crenshaw Berger spoke with Hip Hop DX about how his book might have inspired Hustle and why he believes Crenshaw's Proud to Pay initiative succeeded with Hustle making $100,000 in one day off the mixtape sales. The $100 mixtape is a really clever application of the principles I talk about in Contagious, Berger says in an exclusive statement to Hip Hop DX. It's great to see how successful he's been with it. Word of mouth is 10 times more effective than advertising. When used correctly, like Nipsey did, it's a really powerful marketing tool. After the project sales figures came in, Hustle revealed that he sold all of Crenshaw's 1,000 physical copies that were pressed. He also said that Jay-Z purchased 1,000, I'm sorry, 100 copies of the mixtape. Oh, during a recent interview with uh, New York radio station Power 105.1, Hustle said he got the idea from a $100 cheesesteak he read about in in Berger's book. Mm. Uh, This new high-end steakhouse was about to open in Philly and it needed to generate buzz. 
Berger says of the story that inspired Hustle. So they came out with a $100 cheesecake. It's got Kobe beef topped with lobster tail and served with Clicquot, I guess, champagne. But it's more than just a steep than just a cheesecake. As I talk about in Contagious, it's a Trojan horse story that helped the restaurant catch on. The story is remarkable. People would expect a cheesecake to cost five dollars. I'm sorry, cheesesteak to cost five dollars. And people talked about it because it made them look cool and in the know. But along the way, the story acts as a walking advertisement for the restaurant, grabbing people's attention and helping the place become popular. Mm -hmm. According to Berger, his book can help many musicians with their careers. Contagious is filled with concepts that musicians can use to get attention and make it big. Berger says how to boost sales, how to get more word of mouth how to get your albums and projects to catch on. The book talks about six factors or steps that make it all work. Social currency, number one, triggers, number two, emotions, number three, public, number four, practical value in stories, number five, or sorry, number six. There's also a free workbook on my website anyone can download to help them apply these ideas. So yeah. Word. That book. I highly recommend it to everybody out there uh, listening. And uh, it's it's a perfect combination. You read to the thousand true fans. You read Noah Berger's book. And uh, I think you'll 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 change a lot of what you're doing online. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's all all I got. What you got? What you think? No, I don't really think I need to say much except for I'm reading that book this week. (laughs) Reserving at the library. No doubt. It's going down. Yeah, it's a dope book. It's a dope book because I've I've, I've had the audio version and I checked out the physical from the library. Yeah, I might go audio just so I could listen to it on the way to work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's dope. It's real dope, man. So, uh, you know, that's that's uh, it this week, man. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, I think so. I hope you guys enjoy this. This is a uh, you know, it's a little different for us, but you know, back to the strategy, right? You know, of how to get your wins off in twenty great team, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, if I hope you guys find it helpful. If you're on SoundCloud, uh, hit us in the comments section. Let us know what you think, and uh, that's it. We'll see y'all next week. Peace, peace. Listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex that nobody know about. I mean, Super Duty Tough Work. <laughs>